the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Our number two Bruce Hooley Show. It is good to be with you today as I am working remotely. A little bit of a scratchy throat, just as a precaution. Don't want to infect anyone. Don't think I have anything that's too debilitating. Maybe it's Omicron. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I won't test to find out. I could care less whether I have it or not because I'm 100% convinced that my natural immunity from having had COVID last December will suffice. But we press on and do the show. We'll have Josh Pick at 1230 to talk about your money. A lot of you, a lot of you, one third of you, if you follow the national standard, withdrew from your 401k last year. Was that a smart move? Maybe you were faced with difficulties during the pandemic and you thought, hey, I got this chunk of money laying here. Why don't I borrow against it? After all, the penalty was taken away. You only had to pay the tax penalty for withdrawing that money. What are the long term consequences of that? We will cover that with Josh Pick. At 1230 today, Jim Jordan, uh, who represents some of those in our listening area and has for a long, long time, uh, published a letter on Twitter today saying that he will not appear, not appear before the January 6th select committee investigating the Capitol riot. Uh, Jordan says he has no relevant information. We would love to have seen. Eric Holder held accountable for not providing documents on Fast and Furious. Well, if we were on that side of that issue then, then we should be insisting that Mark Meadows and others, Jim Jordan included, uh, provide documents and testify before this committee now. And it sounds self-serving to say, yeah, well, the Republicans will give you a fair shake and the Democrats won't, which is true, or at least closer to true than actually would be the case if you went in and sat before a Democratic committee, I think you'd have a much less greater chance of being treated fairly than you would before a Republican committee. Jordan uh, is an ally of President Trump. And I think what Jim Jordan is afraid of is that we're going to find out that there were things he said that furthered the conspiracy theory that there was something Mike Pence could have done to not certify the election. Uh, I do not think those who contend that Mike Pence could have held up the certification of the election I do not think they are correct. In fact, uh, the one thing that the Republicans in the Senate appear to be ready to agree on is some kind of an adjustment to the Electoral College certification process so that they can take off the table anything that is unclear about the certification process of an election. And I know a lot of you think, well, but Trump got job. Mark Zuckerberg spent $400 plus million to get out the vote in Democrat. Yes, I know. I know. I know it's funny business that the polls shut down in Atlanta for a flood that never happened. I understand that Arizona looks a little fishy. And I understand that there's a little bit of fraud here. And for people to say, well, there's a little bit of fraud in every election. Like, I don't pay any attention to that. 
I know that is an empty statement when your candidate loses. But we cannot get to the point where every single election is in doubt. And it will be if Joe Biden gets his way on what he calls voting rights, which is what he's going to talk about tomorrow in Georgia. Georgia will be vilified their new voting rights. Oh, keeping black people from voting, reducing the number of places where ballots can be turned in that are early cast. What they never tell you on the Democratic side is that there are more opportunities to vote early in Georgia than there are in, say, Delaware, Joe Biden's home state. If it's such a big deal to Joe Biden, you know, he loves to take the train to Delaware and tell that phony made up story about the dude who was dead for nine years by the time Joe Biden talked to him on the train about how many miles he had ridden on the train. Why doesn't he go to Delaware and make his phony baloney case for voting rights? No, he'll be in Atlanta because that's supposedly ground zero of where Republicans are trying to stop people from voting. That will be tomorrow. Look forward to that. Uh, Jordan does have a point, though, in that things are portrayed much, much differently from the Democratic perspective on January 6th than they are from the Republican perspective. Now, I only have to play you a few sound bites from a few media entities and Democratic politicians to prove the difference between how January the 6th is termed on the left in comparison to, oh, let's say the 2020 riots all across the country, which caused 15 times as many police officers to be injured as the number of Capitol Police who were in. 15 times in the riots of summer of 2020. 23 times as many arrests. And 13. 1,500 times as much property damage. Nevertheless, nevertheless, if you listen to the media and the Democrats, which is one and the same, to hear them tell it, well, this is how they characterize the riot at the Capitol. Cop killers. Cop killers. Trump cop killers. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. They were carrying zip ties, right, a a way that police use to detain people. People that showed up there with weapons and zip ties with clear intent to murder American legislators. If they had gotten in there and gotten their hands on a congressman or senator, they would have slit their throats. They would have hung them. They would have shot them. They would have beat them to death. There was my understanding, a functional gallows constructed Mm -hmm. in front of the Capitol. So if you wanted to lynch somebody on the steps of the Capitol, you would bring those kind of zip ties to get them from their office to the hanging noose. Ah, zip ties. Watch out for those zip ties, man. I know zip ties could have been used for nefarious reasons, just like soup cans can be used for nefarious reasons in a riot. Oh, I'm not going to throw it at a cop. I'm, I'm, I'm walking to the food pantry. Now, look, I'm really glad that the damage, the violence was not any worse than it was. It was an egregious, horrible scene. The people who stormed their way in were 100% in the wrong. I never want anything I say to be misconstrued as if I excuse that kind of behavior, if I applaud that, as if I applaud that kind of behavior, or affirm that kind of behavior, or ever want to see that kind of behavior again. I don't. But what I'm absolutely certain of is that Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, and others, even if they were right and they were hiding under their desks and they were fearful, were gleefully rubbing their hands together, having had a sledgehammer now, videotape, audio tape, images they could use forever and ever and ever and ever and ever 
to demonstrate that on this one day, Republicans were the worst people in the world. The riots? Oh, the riots. How did they talk about those same riots? Maybe a little bit differently. What do you think? I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. The beautiful thing is we're seeing citizens who are caring and concerned. They're hitting the streets. Heartwarming to see so many people (laughs) turn out peacefully. You know, Brooke, I think this is a march, really. But as they're coming off, it's peaceful. They're saying peaceful protests. Across the country, uh, uh, it's bringing people together, community with unity. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Ah, that's your Democratic media all-star team of liberal fools. That was Don Lemon and Joy Reid and an assortment of others. Nancy Pelosi. Sure. That's why Jim Jordan doesn't want to go in front of that committee. I can't say that I blame him. Everything he's ever done in his life will be subject to that committee. Do I feel 100% great about him not going before it? No, I don't. Because I do think we have to get back to one standard for everyone. It's not good for us as a nation that we have differing standards based upon who's in power. But I would argue with anyone who says that Republicans weaponize that power more than Democrats do. I don't believe that. The events of the day don't bear that out. You do not find that kind of disparity in the way people look at two situations that are not even remotely equal and are misportrayed in such a dramatic way. So there is a confluence of about three stories today that I find very, very interesting. Uh, Two of them in the Columbus Dispatch, and one of them, of course, is a national story. I'm sure you've heard of the extremely tragic and heartbreaking story of the 19-story building in New York City that caught fire yesterday shortly before 11 a.m. A space heater, they believe, is the reason for this. And 19 people have died, and that toll may climb higher. Uh, nine of the 19 dead originally were children, um, 50 injured, 13 in critical condition. Uh, this is this is just awful. I mean, you're trapped in there. The fire broke out on the second floor, 17 floors above it. Smoke, of course, goes up. Uh, people couldn't find ways out. Smoke alarms went off, unlike the Philadelphia fire, in which 12 died, including eight children. Smoke alarms were not working in Philadelphia. But in this building, they were working, but the people in the building said they went off so often that people learned to tune them out, kind of the boy who cried wolf theory. So I have lived in a high-rise building only one time in my life. I lived in a one of the towers at Ohio State when I was a freshman. I couldn't even stand it for an entire year. I moved to South Campus midway through the year. It was like, no way, man. I just did not feel safe in a building where the 
access was so restricted in case something was going on. And I'm not an alarmist. I didn't figure the thing was going to catch on fire and I was going to die. But it was just a pain to have to go up an elevator every time you wanted to get to your domicile. And I understand it's from a position of maximizing space in an inner city, presumably an efficient way to build more housing in a limited space. But this kind of danger is exactly what we're talking about. So that's kind of, that's one of the stories. The other stories that dovetail with it is a story in the dispatch today about the neighborhood around Children's Hospital down near downtown. And Children's Hospital has been undergoing a mammoth, mammoth expansion, renovation. And what does that mean? We had a friend moved here from Denver, young, single girl, nurse. Well, she's coming into Columbus. She's looking for a place to live. Doesn't want to move clear out to the burbs. Wants to be close to work. Maybe he wants to walk to work. Maybe he wants to take the bus. Easy commute. Ride a bike, right? So these areas around Nationwide, German Village, Driving Park, even Linden, are becoming in high demand. And the home prices in the Driving Park neighborhood are soaring. Soaring. Homes that sold two years ago for $10,000. Little small bungalow, you know, and upstairs, it's all one room. Nothing, it's not a Muirfield house. This is just a very, very, very modest house. But because of its proximity to Nationwide, to, uh, nationwide Children's, because of its proximity to downtown, and there's a thing among the young people now, that they want to live downtown. The prices are soaring. Well, these are neighborhoods in which a lot of African-American people live. And the process through which a neighborhood is revitalized and people with money come in and pay 300 grand for a house that a couple of years ago sold for 10,000 is called gentrification. Gentrification is a bad term in real estate. It means that you're moving people out of the neighborhood, displacing them. But I'm scratching my head over the solution to this. And I'm not saying it's not bad. Because you do not want any segment of the population not to feel like they lack a place to live. But also, I'm a big, big, big advocate of letting the market work and not injecting false conditions on the market. So if someone owns that house and they've owned it for years and years and years and years, and somebody's coming along and welcome and willing to pay you an astronomical fee for it, you are not required to sell it to them. So if you do sell it to them, then I don't understand what your beef is on being displaced from the neighborhood because you dictate what the price is. Now, the one aspect where this, of course, could become an issue is if these homes are owned and they are rented to people and they have been rented to a person for 10, 20 years and it's been a neighborhood where people have not desired to live and so the rent has been low now you have a bunch of young professionals doctors nurses technicians coming in and they're willing to pay a lot more money to live there provided the landlord will fix up the house modernize it and make it a nice place to live again i don't want to get in the way of the market because if you are an owner of a property you have invested in that property then I find it hard to be a, I find it hard to get myself to a point where I can say, yeah, we're not going to allow you to do that. We're not going to allow you to do that. I don't like rent controls. I don't like stuff like that. But there is another 
planned high rise for downtown Columbus that is going to try to balance this situation. It's going to be a high demand because it's right down on, you know, near the area of broad and high. And they're going to build a mammoth 31 story, I think it is, apartment building on top of a three or four story parking shelter. Okay, I get it. I'm sure it'll have retail. I'm sure it will be high demand among the young people. But they're also going to require a certain number of low-income houses, low-income, not houses because it's apartments, but a certain number of low-income units in this building. I'm not sure how that's going to work. My experience with this is that people who want to pay Miranova-type prices for penthouses with the perspective of 31, 32, 33, 33, 34 stories up, they're not going to love the fact that people on the lower floors may not have their means, may not have their same commitment to their values. Now, it sounds really bad. I'm not saying it doesn't sound really bad. I'm saying that is the reality. That is the reality. You can deny reality all you want to. It doesn't make reality go away. This is a problem that a lot of Democrats have is they want to paint the world in terms that they prefer rather than terms that are. And they want to, in the case of crime in the inner city, they think, if we eliminate consequences, we'll eliminate crime. What is going to happen in New York City where this new DA is basically making murder the only offense where he'll really get motivated enough to get off his keister and prosecute somebody? Is that going to make criminals in New York City go, oh, man, the thrill is gone of, of, of evading arrest. I don't get the same feeling out of robbing someone that I used to get because they're not even trying to catch me. No, that's not, ex that's not at all how they're going to respond to this. They're going to respond by doing more. The reason why Rudy Giuliani and Broken Windows Policing work because there were consequences for action. Avoid those consequences, there's going to be more crime than ever before. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.